Hello football fans and welcome to episode 8 of View from the Sideline podcast. Coming up this week, we look back at the action from the Premier League where it's all the 8s for Liverpool as they secure their 8th successive win to go 8 points clear at the top after a win against Leicester and Wolves cause an upset at the Etihad. Pete tests our knowledge with another teaser. We round up all the EFL action from the weekend. And as part of our ongoing FA Cup feature, Chris gives us the lowdown on Southport ahead of their match next weekend against Altrincham. So much to get through this week, so no time to waste. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Rich here and uh, as always Chris is with us. How are you doing Chris? Hey Rich, alright? Yeah, good mate, you? Good week? Yeah. Uh, yeah, not too bad. Good week Good week of football for me, not so much uh, for you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was debating about whether coming on. I thought week. I thought yeah I thought I was on a solo mission this week so yeah well we are guestless this week so um, yeah. maybe we should have got Liam on because uh, well, he'll yeah. be a after he'll be a happy weekend. boy after his team's result um, so lots to get through this week so uh, as always we will uh, start with Pete's teaser so we'll see what he's got for us this week in Premier League history which player has the most goal assists. Okay, tricky one. Tricky one. I think there's a standout, but uh... there's an automatic reaction. I think to go for players that have played in the Premier League the longest, longest. or the most appearances. Yeah. But probably not. Um, yeah, probably not. But... I'm not sure I'm going to put Gareth Barry in there, although he's probably got <laughs> he's way up there with appearances. I'm not. I'm not sure what his assist record's like. Um, but we'll have a think about that and uh, we'll we'll come back and try and answer it at the end of the episode. So I think we're 5-2 up uh, yeah. with, with Pete and his teaser. So we've we got the upper hand. So we'll, uh, we'll see if we can make it 6-2. Um, but we will jump straight into the Premier League review uh, from the action over the past weekend. Um, and I think St James's Park is a good place to start. Newcastle, Man United. Hmm. Um, what a response from Newcastle from, from last week. Oh yeah, definitely. Obviously, you know they they did get hammered last week, but I think all will be forgiven from their fans for a result like this. Um, the one the one thing I would say though is that I think it is hard to believe. Um, that in this game that everyone probably expected Newcastle to get something from the game from how poor Man United have been recently, um, which is obviously something that doesn't really often happen when you when you you know when you're talking about Manchester United. But I think it was a it was a difficult game to call because even in the past when you've had amazing Championship winning Man United sides. But whenever they've gone to St James's Park, there's it's always been a, a good, close game where I don't think it would be hugely surprising if Newcastle had won. And I kind of think that this match was the same. The, the form United are in versus Newcastle having to 
having to give a response from how they played last week, I, I don't think this, the score was that much of a surprise. I wouldn't yeah. have said United were clear favourites at all. It was no, a close game no. to call before it. Um, but, you know, for me, they, they are... You know, it nose diving very rapidly down the down the table, and um, and you you speak to their fans at the moment. You know, the the fans are not. It, it's hard because you you take them. You know, when May United normally lose, you take the mick out of them, and the fans react. But now they don't react because they're just you know they're in that place at the moment where they're not expecting their team to win, which it's, it just seems crazy from obviously from obviously growing up. You know, in the nineties, you know how dominant you know United were. It's it, it's 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 really strange, but you know, it's an, it's an in- interesting match with, with regards to the managers, because um, just to stay on United, I, d- I don't know what you think, Chris, but it's Solskjaer. He's almost on borrowed time with a lot of fans, but he's treading, yeah, he's treading on thin ice. Um, but I would. I What's would, the alternative, though? Yeah, this is it. I, I, I personally, I don't think that they they would sack him. Um, they're not known for being. I, I think they'll give him more time, but I think well, there's rumours today that Allegri's Allegri saying that. Yeah. Well, the the, the reports today, well, some reports <sighs> are saying that he, he'll accept it, but he wants to be offered it like literally within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Which. Which I don't think know. they will. I, I I honestly think they'll wait. I think they'll give him January's transfer window, and I think they'll they'll take it from there. But it's going to be a huge, huge transfer. But do you window think they'll there. throw money at him? Do 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 you think they'll give him money to spend? I think they'll give him uh, not as much as what they need to turn it into a half decent squad. I think he'll have enough money. To that would cost buy, a fortune. Well, that yeah, would cost you're a looking lot at like six hundred million just to to sort that team out. But I, I think that I think they will say to him, you know, you can. We've got enough for you to have one big marquee signing, but it's who do you get? You know, depending on their league position, you know, it's 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 hard. It's it's going to be hard for them to attract. It's not just league position. If you think, if the, if you believe what was written in the summer, especially with Dabala, that he he didn't want to go to United. Um, I don't know whether that was what he what he saw their plan was, or the fact they weren't mm-hmm. in the Champions League. But Europa League football and their league position isn't going to be hugely appealing to to a lot of top quality players, and they're the sort of players that they need. And to be honest, they're the sort of players that United would have attracted sort of maybe five to ten years ago. Yeah. But it, it's not so much the, the club now that, that's that's as attractive for a player. Um, and I feel that their defence is pretty solid with, with, the, with the signings that they made in the summer. So where they need to improve is is the midfield and up front. And that's that's where transfer fees are just ridiculous for those sort of attacking players that they're going to need I mean 80 million on Maguire even if you if they were to get proper proper world-class attacking talent that's going to cost an awful lot of money yeah, um, it's something that I don't I don't think they would back Solskjaer to that extent to, <clears throat> to sort of put that sort of outlay in but Taking nothing away from Newcastle, um, you know they did did play absolutely. really well. They, um, they absolutely deserved it. 
Hundred percent. Yeah, and and like you said, I, they they deserved the the, the the three points there. It could have been more, and and I think just just lastly before we before we move on, um, it, it's interesting with Steve Bruce because he is getting a bit of a rough ride from from the Newcastle fans. But I do wonder that if if Rafa Benitez was still in charge, people would be singing his praises as a tactical genius and. Everything that comes with that from beating United, I think it's just a bit of a shame that Steve Bruce doesn't get the same, no. the same sort of credit because it it, it was almost like a, a Rafa performance with when he was at Newcastle. So um, they haven't been in great form, but I think I think he deserves a bit of credit, Steve Bruce, for that win. But yeah, thoroughly deserved. Um, so we move on. So we go to to the Etihad, Man City nil, Wolves two. <laughs> Um, not Shots sure many coming. people saw this coming, but I hope you haven't got this stat, Chris, but I'm going to throw it in. Dang. So I think it was the first time, I think I've got the number right, first time in 44 games since Man City have last scored at home. 44 games. If you think of how many home games in a season, that's like over two seasons. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it, I was so sure, because this game um, was on, the same time as the Chelsea game was on, so obviously I was watching the Chelsea game, and I hadn't heard anything all game, you know, about this game. And then, to my surprise, they came through and said that Wolves had scored, and I was I was completely shocked. But then, when I actually went and w- back and watched the game, the highlights of the game, you know, full credit to Wolves because they, you know, they have struggled. They've struggled. Obviously, last week they got a win, and now you know they built on that by beating Man City at home, which is which is unheard of, I think. You know, in most cases, but for me, it, it seems that the, the Laporte injury, I think, is actually uh, is causing more problems for Man City than what I thought it would do. I think they, but I think they. They struggled in all aspects of the game, actually. To be fair, in, they, in they all... did look sloppy. That, that's that, that's probably the first time in a long time that I've seen them look as sloppy as they were, and they were they were creating their own problems from their own mistakes. Really, uh, I mean, Wolves could have been two or three up in probably the first twenty-five minutes, half an hour, just through mistakes from from City players where they were either caught in possession or they were giving the ball away in the in sort of their defensive third. Um, it was it, it was a strange game. I mean, I think I checked the score at about 65, 70 minutes in, and I <laughs> I thought my phone had lost like its connection, and I just thought that, that the the app I was using to check the score hadn't updated, like my my 4G or something yeah. was turned off because I couldn't quite believe it was nil nil after sort of seventy minutes. It it was a, it was a strange one, but. Wolves, I think because of the the way that Wolves have played so far this season and the form they've been in, I think that almost makes it more of a shock. But we can't forget that Wolves are actually a really good side. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. take into account they played Thursday night in Turkey as well, um, and they got a win there. But say was a good win as well. It, you, can't, you can't sort of take anything away from from the performance i mean city were a bit they didn't seem themselves and they didn't seem to have the rub of the green that maybe they may normally have where 
a high percentage of their attacks and a high percentage of their play with, with sort of pressing and pushing the opposition back just didn't seem to pay to pay off as much as it would have done in the past. So, and then they got hit twice on on the counter attack. And uh, I mean, Traore, he, he, he looks like he should be in Japan at the Rugby World Cup. He, he's he's a beast. He um yeah, it looks like he's. So just his shirt's going to rip or something. He's he's a he's a specimen, but like you say, he's rapid as well. And I I think they deserved it. I mean, it, it absolutely blows the yeah. title race wide oh. open. <laughs> especially with, uh, especially with Liverpool winning on on the Saturday. I mean, the pressure was well and truly on City, but um, how they react will uh will be a, a good indicator, I think, and. I guess we've. I think Liverpool have got United next, haven't they? And mm. I think I think City are away at Palace, if I'm right. So uh, maybe City might be hoping that United can do them a favour. But um, a great win for Wolves, thoroughly deserved, um, and it looks like their season might be back on track, uh, which can't be said for Spurs. Um, derailing, isn't it? It's all, it's all... Yeah. Well, I mean, crikey. I think one of the reasons for writing the blog that's now on the website was so I didn't have to talk about the Spurs game. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought, I thought, if I can get everything off my chest well, and write it down in a blog all... format to put on our website for everyone to look at, then I don't have to talk about it. But. Well, it all I've got started. Yeah, it all started last week after we finished the podcast. I was I was nicely editing away the podcast, watching watching the game. Four four two five two. Oh, it's not going to get any worse than oh six two seven two. So I'm thinking, oh dearie me. But that then... was the point. I was I was actually putting a, a a post together to put on social media to. To ask for a new co-host for you because <laughs> I, I was not coming back. But you think you think from from that, you, you know, it, you know, you can't can't hide away from it. But the, from a defeat like that, you'd think that they'd want to come out on Saturday and show the fans how they can turn this round. But it's, but straight from kickoff, you would it was just just poor. I know, obviously, Larice. It's hard to say because obviously he was at fault for the first goal, but obviously he's injured as well. So and now he's out until next year for you. Um, but I just never thought you got into the game. I thought you never looked threatening. No, the, really, the, the the thing when we were talking about Newcastle, the thing as, as sort of almost a bare minimum I expected from steps from Spurs was, was a reaction after that game against mm. Bayern. Um, and no, it didn't start off great with, with Lloris. And I mean, he makes a bit of a howler and then obviously in the fours, as I'm sure everybody's seen that he's dislocated his elbow. But to me, we can't hide behind that. Um, I know Pochettino said some things post-match around that it affected the players emotionally and, and that sort of thing. F- from my perspective, and I love Lloris, and I'm gutted that he, he's out for as long as he is, but he's he's not going to score goals for us. So 
we can't use that as an excuse as to why we lost. The the reason Spurs lost that game, there was no drive, no desire, no fight from from any player. Um, and as as I've written in in the blog, I I'm very much on the side. I'm plugging the blog hugely. Yeah. Um, I'm very much on the side of Pochettino, and I'm in a place where I think that it's the players that if they don't want to play for the club, then they need to leave. Um. The, the one bit where I probably would question Pochettino about the game, why Sissoko's playing at right back, I, I, I'm not sure. It's interesting. We had Foyth back on the, on the bench, bench after yeah. his injury, and Davison Sanchez was on the bench. And I know he played right back against uh, Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. and, and didn't have a great game. For me personally, because Eric Dyer was back in, I would be putting Sissoko in where Dyer was, and then I'd be having Foyt or Sanchez at right back because I think both of them are better right backs than Sissoko. And to be honest with you, Dyer's, I, I, I like him as a player. I mean, he's one of the ones that, that's rumoured to be off, but Sissoko gives us that drive in there that Dyer doesn't. He's more of a sitting midfielder, which is not what we wanted against against Brighton. So, I mean, there are a few things from from Poch's point of view that that I wasn't hugely happy with. Um, I mean, there's rumours this week that there's there's five players he wants to ship in January. Um, I think it's Ericsson, Aurea, Rose, uh, I know Eric Dyer, and, and there's one more. But the 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 thing for me is, and especially with Serge Aurier at right back, we, we don't have anybody else. Walker Peters isn't, in my opinion, ready for the Premier League. And you can't ship five squad players out in January. And you're not going to get well, proper yeah. good enough replacements in that that's going to make a difference. I think they... they I, I would accept this to be almost a transitional season for Spurs where we're running down... The, these players to get them out of the club and then we rebuild and I think Poch is the man to to, to rebuild it but I, I think this is this is an absolute game I don't I don't want to dwell on the Spurs bit I think I think Brighton thoroughly deserved that and the Spurs were bad because Brighton were also good um, and I know it's sort of, I think we both picked Brighton to struggle but they mm. have shown that they can. That they can well, that was they their... can go out and they they can take they can take points off the off the big teams. It was I their mean... first win, wasn't it, since the start, very first game of the season? So yeah, but when they played Chelsea last week, that the, they held their own until they made an error. Oh uh, yeah, until yeah. they made that defensive mistake for the penalty, they they were in the game, and even at one nil, they should have equalised. But so I, I think we need to give a lot of credit to Brighton here and. Um, they they absolutely deserved it. Spurs deserved nothing from that game, and uh, I'd probably finish it by saying that. So they've got Watford next after the international break. That is now a huge game because after that we we go to, away to Liverpool. If if we don't pick anything up in the Watford game, that we need a win and mm. a performance in that game. Otherwise, I think that there's going to be changes. Let's move on. <laughs> I will I will You're put right, my soapbox yeah. away. Um it's difficult it's difficult when when mm. the club you support is is in such disarray. I mean t- we've let in 10 goals into. Anyway, I'm not talking about it anymore. 
we're going to move on. We're going to go to Anfield, Chris. Liverpool, Leicester. Sneaky mm. win for Liverpool. What do you think? Well, I don't think there was any. Well, I think a few people have actually questioned whether it was a penalty or not. But I thought I thought it was a penalty in in I my eyes. I didn't think it was. I thought it was really soft. It was soft. Really soft. I would say it's soft, but it—it's hard. It was soft, but he—you know—kind of that sort of tackle inside the box. You know, if, if, if even if you slightly catch the player, I think it's all—it's—it's it's likely to cost you. But saying that, I thought. Liverpool should have probably wrapped the game up in the first half with the amount of chances and good chances there in the first half. They probably should have wrapped it up then. But you know, fair play to Leicester getting back into the game as well. But for the second week running, you know, Liverpool have pretty much grinded three points. You know, out, out of out of a game, obviously Sheffield United um, week before, and obviously Leicester this week. Um, it's what you need, though, to win the league. Oh, yeah, isn't it? definitely. If, if they're yeah. going yeah. to win it. And it shows <laughs> now. It's eight points clear already. That's It's crazy. It's a big gap. It's a big gap when you think that they can now actually afford to lose home and away to City. And, and, and they'll still have a two-point lead yeah. if, if, if they carry on. I, I thought Leicester played well. I thought that it showed that, that they that they mean business this year. I think that they haven't necessarily played lots of big teams so far uh, this season, no. but and their, and their league position is is justified. I thought they were quite unlucky. Um, just on the penalty, I mean, what what I found strange is that, and the the one that sprung to mind straight away, and it was it was in a in a different situation. It was Ashley Barnes against uh, Norwich. Uh, for Burnley, and they were they were already two 0 up, and in in my view it was a blatant penalty, but it didn't even go to VAR. I when he, was, I thought it was a penalty, but he got he got taken down pretty obviously in that game, mm-hmm. and where I struggle a little bit with this one is I'm not I don't understand why that went to VAR. And I um, think it is and it's yeah. a soft. It is a soft penalty. It's so, it's soft. Hand, but, hand on heart. Yeah. Last year, take VAR out of the equation. I think probably sixty, seventy percent of the time that's not given because I think it is that soft that he he's looking for the. It's almost like what Harry Kane does. Marnie's looking for the contact. He's he's waiting for that contact and then going down. But last last year that surprises me if it's given. But I don't know. Is it? You're at Liverpool. One oh, all. Yeah. Last think, minutes think, of the game. Yeah. The you know almost like the what ha- used to happen to United. Maybe he just does it. Maybe he just does it to get VAR to look at. I'm not, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a tough one. I. For for me, do you, do you think Leicester will be that worried that they lost that game on Saturday? Uh, in the long, yes, in the, yes, yes, but because of the because way of the way it was. It. Yeah. If they had, if they, had I, lost I think it, if if they'd lost three nil or three one, and that Liverpool had scored the third goal in like the seventieth minute, yeah, I, I think they 
they go there, they've given a good account of themselves. Um, the losing it in that way, t- to me, that's the sort of penalty that if it goes for your side, you're sort of like, oh, yeah, like yeah. a like a sigh of relief. If that goes <laughs> against you, don't get me wrong. If that was against Chelsea, I'd probably be starting. Yeah, wasn't you'd be fuming. Yeah, yeah, you'd be fuming. Yeah. I wouldn't care if that was against Spurs because we'd already be four nil down. So five nil <laughs> wouldn't make a difference. So, but I think it's soft, and I'm not taking anything away from Liverpool. No, no, because they've been unbelievable so far this season, and I, I'm now tipping them for the title I've gone the other way I've come away from City mm, um, I think it's hard, it's hard to look at anyone else at the moment than, than Liverpool especially in the last two games like I said where they've grinded a result out I think that's what that's what makes you champions it's, it's results like that that will yeah. inevitably it, whatever way you spin it is soft in my opinion uh, but Liverpool, so United and Spurs next. If if they get two wins there, so not only would have they they have beaten Chelsea's Premier League record for yeah, the best start not... to a season. Uh, no, but no, 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 that. I'm not. I'm not saying that because you're a Chelsea fan. But, but it, it it will be a new record. And ten from ten, I, I think if they get through those next two games, which should be tricky games away at United and home to Spurs. Not but sure two teams hugely underperforming. Yeah. Well, then I think I think well, they'll be looking good. Um, but so your chances shine, Chris. Saints, Chelsea, good win, very good win. Great performance. I thought it was a really good performance on the Sunday. I was, you know, going it going into the game. Um, I was actually feeling quite confident, actually, which is not something I've been able to say for a while. Um, for Chelsea, I thought we had a really good win in the Champions League uh, last week, um, and they kind of carried on from there. Probably slightly a bit lucky with the first goal of Abraham. He's literally just kicked it as high as the stadium, and just lucky enough that it's literally looped right into the goal. Um, I could see, see the ball from my house. Obviously, Yoshida it was, it was, tried his best it was, to get it, was it off that the high. line, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, it was. I I don't know if you can call it a great finish or just a bit. I think it was more luck than anything. Um, but then straight goals. away, straight from kickoff, you know, we you know get the ball back again and and yeah, it's two nil. Mount scored and it, it's I I'm I'm loving the fact that Abraham and Mount are scoring lots of goals this season because I think you I I have to I'll call you out on this one, but you you were one of these people at the start of the season that was wondering where the goals were going to come from. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, Tammy Abraham. If not, if he's not joint, he's just behind Aguero on goal scored. So, uh, but that that was that was going to be one of my questions to you, Chris, about the young guns at Chelsea. Yeah. And I'll hold my hands up. I I didn't think it would work, but put into the mix Hudson Odoi because I really like him as a player. Now that he's come back, when you put him, Mount, and Abraham together, that's that's a pretty decent front three that that's going to do a lot of damage and have got so many years ahead of them. Yeah. That they, I think it's a real plus point for Chelsea. Yeah, definitely. I, and, and, you know, it's, it's only what two, three seasons ago that all three of them were, were playing, you know, in the youth leagues together, like, and you know, these players have been playing together for, you know, a good, six seven years at youth level so and there was always going to come a time when you know they they won 
at youth level, they won the cha- well, the equivalent of the Champions League. They won other European Cups. They won the league four, four, five years in a row. They won the FA Cup three years in a row. You know, the the you know the thing that's helped is probably the transfer ban. I'm not going to lie. I'd say that because that's been in place, we have had to use these players. But I think they're really, really shining in the league at the moment, and. You know, I think every Chelsea fan will say that they, you know, they're really, really proud of of, of the performances that are being. But you've got there. to look at them. So Abraham was part. Of, he was at Villa last year, wasn't he? And obviously yeah. they got promoted. And Mount Mason Mount was with Derby, and they got to the playoffs. So, I mean, that there's there's two players that have been pretty successful in the championship. Yeah, as was Tamori. As was Tamori. Tamori was at Derby as well, and. I think I think we've also got Reese James coming back as what well. uh, he's just coming back into it now All as right, well. Stop, he's... stop talking about how good your players. Are. <laughs> it's, now, it's now annoying. It's okay. now annoying. Um, but but yeah, on, it, on a serious a note, yeah. eight, eight games in, fifth in the table. I mean, I I wouldn't have put Chelsea there, but uh, well, well, I, 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 I begrudgingly say well done. Uh, <laughs> just just quickly on Saints. I mean. T- Chelsea were very good. I do think Saints were pretty poor. Yeah. Well, um, so strange. they've only they've only scored more than one goal in a game once this season, which yeah. is when they beat Brighton two nil. Um, and they're averaging nearly two two goals against a game. So mm-hmm. they're scoring under one or around one, and and conceded nearly two. So I mean, I think that I know, says it all for. I them, know they really. obviously can't. They scored just before half time to make it three one, but I was. I I I found it very strange that in the second half it it they didn't really come at Chelsea too much you know Chelsea you know we've been known to be a bit vulnerable at the back this season but they didn't really second half they didn't really create that many chances no uh, I think, I think Danny really Ings Danny Ings uh, seems to score one type of goal um, which is either like a, a keeper error or sort of a a five yard deflected tap in. Well, Nothing yeah. against him, but uh, I mean, yeah. that seems to be what happens. And I think Saints are very light in midfield, which um, which I think is probably where their problem is. But I mean, they're, they're only outside of the uh, relegation zone on, on goal difference. So um, it's not been a great start, but I, I can't stand to hear you say about how Chelsea, how good Chelsea are anymore. So oh, we're going to move on. We'll come, we'll come back in a couple of weeks and discuss um, Yeah, so i uh, still got a few, a few more games to go through. So um we'll we'll start with Norwich Villa so 5-1 oh. <laughs> uh, I think especially from what we were talking to Liam about last week I think Greedish played amazingly That's I think stopped, where stopped, we were midfield, I, thought, I thought he played we, really really well yeah where we were talking about whether he's possibly a luxury player or not. I think he answered, well, he's certainly answered a lot of our he heard, questions. He heard, he heard again. He's one of those yeah. players that secretly listens to this podcast. Yeah, everybody does. Um, and I think what, what Villa have got that, for them this season is Wesley up front. I mean, I, I always kind of think that if you're going to survive in the Premier League, you do need someone that's going to score goals. And he, he's got four so far this season, which isn't yeah, a bad return from, yeah. from eight games. Yeah, he, was, really. he, he had a great game on. on he so, did, yeah. and with Grealish, I think I think they'll be all right. I mean, the, the win moves Villa up out of the relegation zone. 
You have to say um, they they latched onto a very vulnerable Norwich defence. Yeah, I mean, but they, I was, was going to really say on Norwich. So they've lost five of the last six. But I mean, the, the sixth was the, the win against City. It's a but... curse. You beat City, you don't win again for the rest of the season. Well, well, maybe they won't. They were poor. No, they, they would were be awkward. really, really poor. They, uh... I, I know they got injured. I mean, they had their third choice keeper in and their... Uh, the thing Norwich started the season off really well. They were playing really good football, but if, if it wasn't for how bad Watford have been, that they they'd be bottom. Um, oh, yeah, I think Norwich, but um, I mean they've got to move forward. I mean they've got to try and get through this period. I think with the injuries, etc., where they're picking up points where they can. So at least when everybody's back fighting fit, that fit they've got a fighting chance. But um, a, a great win for Villa. I'm, I'm sure Villa will be fine this season. Because we need Liam on again, really. Yeah, yeah, Liam, yeah. Uh, we can't get him on if they go down. Um, so, we'll go to the Emirates, Arsenal, Bournemouth. What can a strange say, game. Can I just say something before you start this? If you think of the firepower that Arsenal have up front and how well Bournemouth have attacked this season. Four shots on target between the pair of them. Also. Yeah, I know it's crazy, but <laughs> I tell you, what, this is this is weird. So my my first note on this game is, and I, I mean no disrespect to Bournemouth when I say this, but with the firepower that Arsenal have got, they shouldn't be winning one nil with a goal in the eighth minute from their centre half. What a centre half, though. We just... Well, what a centre... Yeah, going forward, he's brilliant. Defensively, <laughs> he's, he's atrocious. But to me, and I'm not putting Bournemouth down when I say that, because I was surprised by Bournemouth's... In the first half, I don't really think they, they, they gave anything in an attacking right. sense. They, they were in it a lot more in the second half, but I don't know how that game finished 1-0 or stayed 1-0 from, from a goal so early on. What's um what's your thoughts on Arsenal signing Pepe after his season he had in Liga Earn last season? You know he was, he was scoring like I think he averaged like pretty much a goal, a goal and a half every other game, and it he, he, he just does not look like he's. I I, I think he came with good numbers. Yeah, I, I think he came with really good numbers, but um, that th- there is an awful lot of players that will be signed off the back of a good World Cup or yeah. a good Euros or a one good season. Um, and I know it, it it will take time for him to adjust, but the, the, the biggest way I can judge that, um, and there's been a lot in the press about in this week, is, is Wilf Zaha, where if you said to me, would you rather have one or the other for roughly the same sort of money, I would have gone Zaha all day long. Yeah, I would have even, and I think what they pay for Pepe 70, 71, 72 million. Think, yeah, 75, uh, I think it was. If if they'd have got Zaha for 80, I would have said that would be a much better signing. It just felt like he hasn't. I just, I don't know, maybe he just needs more time, but when I see him play, I just don't really see. But know, I think it speaks more. volumes when they, who was it? They, uh, Villa when they had a penalty and they gave him the penalty and it almost felt like they were only giving it to him so he could score to, to yeah, build his confidence yeah, up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you say, four shots on goal. I mean, Arsenal were quietly going about their business. They're third in the table, only a point oh, behind yeah. City. So 
they're they're doing something right, but jury's still out. I mean, they kept a clean sheet, so we can't really say the jury's out on their defence. But um, yeah, I, I found that game a little bit strange, if I'm honest. Um, but we'll move on. So uh, West Ham Palace. This was a good game. So Palace two okay. one. Was it a surprise to you? If, if you look before the game, there was only a there was only a point between them. Was it a never surprise know. that ne- Palace you never, won? You never know West Ham, do you? You just you just cannot tell which West Ham you're going to get turn up on the day. Um, but credit to Palace, I thought I thought they were actually the better team. To be fair, and a, a, a late goal from from AU, and you know they won the game, but. I don't know what it is with West Ham. I sometimes one week I look at them and you think, well, oh, they could actually beat any team in the league, and then the next week you just like, oh, could they beat? But there were six unbeaten going into this one. Yeah, that's what. And I, mean. I thought it's... I thought they went uh, Haller. I mean, he looks a, a, a decent signing for them up front. He's going to score them a lot of goals. It, it was a, a bit of a silly penalty to give away. I think. Um, mm. it, it, it it is one of those again where. If VAR's not there, you, you could see why it wouldn't be given. But I think the way the handball law is this season and with VAR, I think that's always going to be given. Um, and then the the second goal, this is where VAR works really well for me because he's originally flagged offside, isn't he? And then the to goal's disallowed. With, yeah. Yeah. But, then... but then once it's reviewed, I mean, it, he... Was he onside by, I don't know, a couple of inches, but he's still onside. What do you think about Cahill at Palace? Um, I think it was a good I think move he's for him. Really well. Yeah, it was a good move for him. Um, I said even when when he left Chelsea, I was I said he he'd still do a job for it for quite a few teams in the Premier League. Um, but I I thought. You know the games he has played this season. He, I think he's made a a, a good account for himself. Um, but yeah, no, he's he, he's done well. Um, but like you said, the Haller for West Ham, he will um, he will score them quite a few goals this season. Um, he's quite a good target man um, to have. Um, he's almost like a fit Andy Carroll, isn't he? He's, he's, when I say yeah, when I say when I say fit, I mean healthy. Not good looking. <laughs> well, yeah, no. both handsome men. But no, I thought. I thought. I thought. You know, it was good, a good win for Palace, but West Ham were a bit meh. It was weird to have a West Ham Crystal Palace like top six game, but they're both <laughs> in the top when, six. When yeah, it was a bit weird. Anyway, uh, speaking of top six, not we'll we'll go to Burnley Everton. Um. My first question to you on this one is, do you think Seamus Coleman should have been sent off for his first challenge on its own? Obviously, I mean, he was sent off for two bookings, but mm, first one. It was... um, Yeah. Yes. Chris, get off the fence. Yes or no? (laughs) Yes. I, I I thought he should have been sent off for the first... First tackle. I did as well. I thought it was it was a, a, a an offence that probably should have got him sent off on its own rather than a yellow. But 
Okay. <laughs> why is he? Why is he going into attack when he's already on? I've said this time, week in, week out. I'm saying this. He's he, he was very lucky just to get a yellow for the first one. Uh, either take him off or just because he he was fired up after that. He looked. Do you not up. think the second one was a bit soft though? It was. Well, it was a lot softer than what the first one was. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's true. And you got to think maybe the referee is thinking, oh, well, the first one was a pretty bad tackle and I probably let him off slightly with that one so you know normally they do get they're a bit more lenient referees aren't they they're like you know you've had two two you know could have had two yellows already but I thought you know I think maybe in the back of the referees might maybe he's thinking he should have sent him off for the first one so but they're leaving it up um, but I mean, what about the game? I mean, Everton. Mm-hmm. You, I you thought they were the caught... Well, I thought they were actually the better team. Like, but you know, I mean, you you get you get lose. you get a corner or free kick against them. You're pretty much guaranteed to score. <laughs> I mean, they're they're letting so many goals in from set pieces. But I mean, we're talking about Solskjaer and Pochettino earlier about so managers that are under pressure. He's probably the most under pressure manager in the league, I'd say. Right Absolutely, now. I, I think he's the one. He he's Marcus Silva is, in my opinion, the, the the manager that's under the most pressure, especially with the. There was there's a stat on Everton where they've spent something like five hundred million. It's ridiculous, isn't it? For a team Not... outside that so-called top six bracket, they're, they're, that's a huge investment. And you don't really see it. To me, they haven't really... In fact, they're actually worse than what they were last season. Which is, well, I mean, they, start, they they started off all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then they yeah. just see, they seem to have... I mean, if you remember the back end, I mean, we spoke about it quite a lot. If, if, the back end of last season yeah, into they, this season, I think there was like six or seven clean sheets they in were a row. The most, probably one of the most informed teams there was, but I'm, you know, it's hard to say what's happened. But they're in the relegate. They're in the relegation zone, and they cannot buy a win at the moment. And I, uh, I, I honestly, I think, think he'll be the. I think he'll. I think he'll be the first to go. He's probably to be got honest. one. I'd say because he's already treading on pretty thin ice already. I'd say he's got. One game left, I'd say, if they lose their next game. I'm not sure who it was against. I think they're playing one of the teams around them, I think. But well, at the bottom? <laughs> it's got yeah, yeah. to be Watford then, isn't it? <laughs> I, know, I think they are playing the team around them. But, uh, yeah, I'd say he, I, I'd say his next game he's going to have to win. Otherwise, I think it's uh, all over for him. I, the, I think the difference with the pressure on him is, is the money he's spent. Oh, yeah. Cause they, uh, or not they, him, but the money the club have spent. Yeah, because I think they've promised a lot. Like, they've, like in the um, summer, they you know, they bought in some big, like that Moise Keane, you know, to get him, that was a good signing because he was a well-sought-after striker. He was, you know, scoring goals, you know, for the biggest club in Italy. So, you know, they showed, they you know, they showed a good game in the transfer window, but unfortunately that's not, Transpiring onto the uh, onto the pitch. No, speaking of which, Watford, <laughs> Watford, Sheffield United. I mean, I told you, Sheffield United do not lose away games. I'm telling you, I told you this time weekend well, every if, other if week. What, if Watford are going to win anything this season, it's going to be miss of the season. 
um, from Andre Gray. I mean, that was a beauty. Um, I, think we, I, mean, I think we might be seeing that one again this season. Yeah, well, and I mean, Welbeck. I mean, we've done it well, but it was good to see him back out playing football. Mm. But I mean, he had a one-on-one, which I, I think he probably should have scored. And if you look at the... Um, uh, the the difference in the performance for the Sheffield United keeper Henderson with the one he let sort of through his legs last week against Liverpool to he made some unbelievable saves which basically got Sheffield United that point I think well, they're so Sheffield they're so hard sometimes so hard to break down aren't they they're quite a gritty sort of team like in midfield that you know they they don't really take any prisoners but. Mm. Uh, I've 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 been very surprised. I think out of everything this season so far, I think that's you know other than probably Liverpool being eight points clear, I'd say their their like sort of story is probably surprise of the season for mm-hmm. me so far. It, it was it, it was a strange game where the result. I, I was trying to I was trying to sort of have a think about who the, the point works out best for because Watford have had such a bad start. That a point's a point for them I'd, at the moment. I'd, yeah, I'd still uh, say, sh- but I, I, I have lent towards it being a good away point for Sheffield United. Well, definitely, yeah, because so I think that's them, probably where it you know, sits. In you know, in their minds, you know, at the start of the season, their their objective was probably just to stay up. Yeah. Um, you know the fact, you know where they are now, you know, because you you never know, you know. Second half of the season, this yeah, it might all fall apart for them. You you never know. You never yeah. know. And you know, every point, every going, point's yeah, a good point. It's, Away it's, in the Premier League, especially. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so that that wraps it up for the uh, Premier League review this week. Lots to talk about. Um, good to get a lot of that off my chest. I feel a lot better now. <laughs> so, um, you've got, you've so, got England. You've got England now for, uh, for a week. So you're off, you're off the hook now for a yeah, bit. Yeah, but it's, it's weird trying to follow a team that wins. It's a bit weird. Maybe I'll follow San Marino over the weekend or something. Um, okay. So that, that will do it for part one. So we'll be back in part two where we'll kick off with the EFL review. Uh, so we'll see you so- shortly. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to part two of View from the Sideline podcast. Uh, So we're going to kick off the second half by going into the EFL review. Uh, So we start with the updates from the championship over the weekend, where West Brom have returned to the top of the table after getting the better of Cardiff in a six-goal thriller at the Hawthorns. Uh, West Brom were 3-0 up with 20 minutes to go, only for Cardiff to pull it back to 3-2 before a last-minute goal sealed the win for the Baggies, so they go back to the top of the table, still with only the single defeat this season, which was a defeat to Leeds last week. Uh, Forrester in second, but they are level on points with West Brom after a 1-0 home win to Brentford. Uh, That was their fourth win in the last five, so uh, Nottingham Forest in a good run of form. Preston, they moved up to third after thrashing Barnsley 5-1. Swansea and Leeds have dropped to fourth and fifth, respectively, after both suffering defeats at the weekend. Swansea went down to a shock 2-1 home win to Stoke. So we'll be talking about Stoke in a minute. Uh, And Leeds lost 2-1 away at Millwall. 
Bristol City, they move into the final playoff position. They got a 1-0 home win against Reading. Uh, so at the bottom, as we said, Stoke, they got their first win of the season um, against high-flying Swansea, really. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Swansea were top of the table after they beat Leeds. But yeah, Stoke's first win of the season. Um, that moved them on to five points, but it wasn't enough to lift them off the bottom, despite both Barnsley and Reading, who are the other two teams in the relegation zone, losing. Uh, they're both on eight points. Huddersfield, they're now out of the relegation zone after their second consecutive win. They beat Hull 3-0 Turning, at the turning things around, aren't they? Obviously, they've got new managers, yeah. haven't they, now? So. Yeah, it looks like it's, uh, well... Worked. So Stoke, so it might be a flash in the pan. But yeah, Huddersfield look like they're on the right track. Uh, in League One, at the top, Ipswich have extended their lead to four points after their fourth consecutive win. They beat Fleetwood at the weekend. Wickham, they remain second despite dropping points in a free-all draw at home to Peterborough. In the playoff places, Fleetwood remain third after that defeat. Blackpool move up to fourth after a nil-nil draw away at Bolton. I nearly said 0-0 again. Um, Coventry, they're in fifth and Sunderland are in sixth, but both lost at the weekend to Rotherham and Lincoln, respectively. Just, just quickly, um, sorry to butt in, your, the Sun, I, I see on. the Sunderland manager was sacked, wasn't he? He was. I think Kevin Kevin Phillips is favourite. He's favourite. But I read something to say that that the Sunderland manager, I think his name was Jack Ross. I think that he, um, if you put all the the EFL and the Premier League together, he has lost. Only Liverpool and Man City have lost more games than him since he's been in charge at Sunderland, which is crazy. But Liverpool haven't lost. Well, you know what I mean. Well, yeah, and obviously Man City don't lose many games, do they? But other than those two teams... Oh, so he's got a good win record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well mm. I think he's drawn quite a few games, but... He must have drawn a hell of a lot. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's gone. Yes, I've read Kevin Phillips' favourites take over. Um, but at the bottom, so Bolton, they're now on negative eight. Uh, after another point at the weekend against Blackpool. That was a nil-nil draw. So three draws in their last five games now. Um, No wins, but at least they are picking up points. Uh, But they are still eight points behind Southend, who lost for the second weekend running, going down 3-1 away at Gillingham. Wimbledon make up the relegation places, but there's still three points from safety despite a win at the weekend, beating Rochdale 3-2. So on to you, Chris, and League 2. Yep, so we've got new leaders in League 2. Forest Green moved top after a 3-1 win over Crawley, um, which means Exeter have moved down to second after a one all draw with Crewe. Newport scored in the 96th minute to beat Carlisle to move up to third uh, after their draw with Exeter. Crewe are in fourth. Cheltenham are in fifth after a one all draw with Oldham. Uh, Bradford have moved up to sixth after they beat Swindon by two goals to one. And they actually actually let frog Swindon as Swindon are actually down to seventh. Uh, no change at the bottom, unfortunately, for Stevenage. Um, they lost 3-1 to Colchester at the weekend and they have still yet to win this season, which is not good. <laughs> Um, so we'll move on to Yeovil, well, a double header of Yeovil Watch. Um, so they lost on Saturday, 
by two goals to one to Hartlepool. So it was the first game that they've lost in a while. Uh, a strange end to the game as Yeovil actually equalised. Oh, it's not second. about ball, boys, is it? Uh, not this way. <laughs> uh, so Yeovil actually equalised in the 92nd minute, only to concede pretty much straight from kickoff to lose the game. So, yeah. That's but, when you're at your uh, most vulnerable as soon as you've oh, yeah. scored. Well, you'd think that they'd shut up shop in the 92nd minute, but no. Um, and they also played last night. So they played Woking last night, and they actually beat Woking by three goals to one. Great um, win last which night. Is a good result for them, as Woking are one of the teams in and around uh, Yeovil. It was a shame that uh, Bromley were uh, losing at one point in their game as well, but they ended up winning. So Yeovil was still in third. Um, Halifax actually drew, so they're actually only a couple points off off top now so yeah so you know you know they lost at the weekend but a a really good win but that was that one defeat in about seven or eight isn't it uh, one defeat in nine it is well there you go i mean you can allow them one defeat they're actually not the most informed team in that league either barrow i've i think i've won six in a row now so yeah so they'll be going up and we'll be following them. We'll be following them back into League Two. But yeah, they're doing good this year. It's yeah. good, it's good. To, it's good to follow them in there when when they're like, winning. When they're we're winning. not glory. Yeah. We're, we're not yeah. glory hunters. It's always good to support a, lot, a team when they're winning. <laughs> a, a lot. Well, rub it in. A, a lot of defeats last year with Lo, with Yeovil when we were following them, and uh, it's good to see them. Good to see them winning again. Um, so that pretty much does it for the EFL uh, review and and our weekly Yeovil watch. So uh, we're going to go to our FA Cup feature now um, where, for those of you that, that don't know, so we picked uh, a, a random team from the second qualifying round, which was Runcorn. Uh, so we followed their FA Cup journey until they're eliminated. Then we take on the next team, etc, etc. Um, so obviously we had the uh, interview with, with Luke from Farsley uh, last week ahead of their, their game against Southport on Saturday. Um, so Southport, Southport did run out 5-0 winners in the end, um, which I think was probably a, a bit of a harsh scoreline from a, from a Farsley perspective. Um Especially having home advantage as as well, and from from talking to Luke, it was. Uh, I mean, he was saying that it was always going to be a close game, but so I think five nil was a, a pretty hard score, to be honest. But um, by by the rules of our feature, we now we now pick up Southport, uh, who have been drawn at home to Altrincham in the next round, so that takes place uh, next Saturday. Uh, so Chris, you're gonna you're yeah, gonna give I've, us a bit of detail about Southport, I've, introduce the yeah. listeners to them, and uh, yeah. what we can look forward to following them into the next game. Yep. So uh, Southport Football Club uh, play their home matches at Hague Avenue, but it's actually currently called the Pure Stadium, but that is for sponsorship reasons. <laughs> So as even with even of, as with a lot of football yeah, stadiums, so, uh, I'm sure that makes them quite a few. Uh, few bits of money um uh, their nickname is the sand grounders which is really hard to say <laughs> uh founded in 1881 and currently playing in national league north uh, so going on to a bit of their history um 
so obviously the the um so this is to do with the FA Cup. Uh, so their best performance in an FA Cup came in 1930-1931 when they actually reached the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Unfortunately, that's they a, lost... That, that's some run. They lost to Ever 9-1 at Goodison Park in the quarterfinals, so it didn't end too well. Um, I'd, I'd had, fancy Southport to beat Everton this year. Yeah. Um, but they also had another good run in the 65-66 season, uh, where where they reached the fifth round and they lost to Hull City uh, 2-0. Um, so they've also, so a few of their honours uh, include they won Division, the old Division 4. They, they won in 72-73 and they won the Conference North in 2004-05 season and the 2009-10 season. And they've won the Northern Premier League in the 92-93 season. They've always been sort of in and around, I suppose, you know, they were in the Football League for quite a while as well, um, but always in the sort of the lower lower bracket of the Football League. Um, In 2006, the club actually changed to a full-time club, um, but two years later returned to part-time. their current manager is Liam Watson, and this is actually his third spell at the club. But you could say it was his fourth, as he was caretaker manager for a short period of time as well. So he's got a bit of experience at Southport, this guy, because uh, he, he keeps coming back. Um, so just a bit around uh, some previous... Luther Blissett played for them. Rich, did you know that? He played former England international and AC Milan player. I've seen Luther Blissett play for Watford. Well, there you go. He played. Mm-hmm. He played for Southport for um, on a five-game loan deal. So, wow, there you go. And former England and Liverpool uh, player Mark Wright uh, managed yeah. the club in 2000-2001 season, but he's actually recently come back to the club and is currently head of development at the club. Uh, so we're going to some England, England legend there, Mark yeah. Wright. England yeah. legend. He's, he's there right now, head of development. This is impressive. Uh, most appearances is Steve Dickinson. He was a goalkeeper for Southport, uh, signed for them on the 1st of August 1999 and played his last game on the 31st of May 2011. So he was there for some time. Um, he played. Time. Well, he only played 284 games, though, in, in a in a 12-year stint. So I'm not sure if he was a reserve goalkeeper. Uh, Most Their leading goal scorer is David Gamble. Uh, He is the all-time goal-scoring record. He has 65. And the highest ever win came against Gateshead in 1988-89 season. They beat them 7-0 in the Northern Premier League. That's a good, solid win. That's a good, solid win. That is Southport. Football club in a nutshell. So, That's, yeah, exciting. Thanks, Chris, for that. Yes. Yeah, so... they, they could be the first team that we've followed on this feature that win a game. Yeah, you, you shouldn't have said that. So, <laughs> you shouldn't have said that. So, uh, I guess to, to, put, to, to put some context on it, so um, Southport, uh, so it's one win uh, away now from from the first round proper so in this in the fourth qualifying round the the conference team so Yeovil um Yeovil Eastleigh Harry, I think like Harry Gay by the way 
Yeah, we're drawn against yeah. okay. the team uh, actually just outside of Tottenham. Late Norian, are they in the conference or they have gone into this round? I think they uh, might be. Um, anyway, but so, so the conference teams have gone in. So a, a win in this round will um, we'll see Southport uh, yeah. progress to, to, to the first round proper. So then we've got the, like, the, the, the league. league two and I think League One clubs go into it as well. Yep. So... Um, so, like we said, so they'll be playing Altrincham, um, and it's a home game. Uh, so it's a week Saturday. Uh, so as what we've done with with the other clubs, so with Runcorn and with Farsley, we'll be we'll be doing doing some social media stuff in the build up to to the game next weekend. Um, Get involved. Yep, yeah, uh, and Southport have got uh, Brackley at home this coming weekend in the league. So. Um, we've actually put that in our predictions challenge. So uh, myself, Chris, and and our guest this week will will be trying to predict the score for Southport's match. Um, so yeah, but I think as a as a start, that's a good good intro. There's a lot of stuff there I I didn't know about Southport. So um, thanks very much, Chris. Sorry. That was that that was a comprehensive um, initiation um, or a comprehensive introduction to Southport, I should say. Um, so yeah, um, just keep an eye on our social media channels and obviously for upcoming podcasts where but hopefully we'll be uh, featuring more on Southport. So going into the predictions, so uh, we've got a double header this week. So we've got um, uh, six international uh, matches from the Euro qualifiers as well as six uh, league games, which has mentioned Southport with the league one. So. Um, Chris, would you like to let the listeners know who our guests are this week? So I've I've pitted my um, sister and her husband, my brother-in-law, against each other. <laughs> so they are going to get head-to-head. So head. hence all the pressure um, for family breakups and all <laughs> is on you yeah, this so, week. So it's not uh, to do with me. Hayley is doing the international scores. And Aaron is doing the league games. Cool. So uh, thanks to both for, for taking part. Um, I'm hoping they both beat you, Chris. I'm not going to lie. Um, not me so much because I need cheering up. Um, so we'll be getting the scores out on social media. Uh, this should be tomorrow. So that'll be Thursday. So that'll be in time in time for the matches. Um, just touch on last week Chris, uh, quickly where it was my brother Chris who, who was our guest very very briefly because we all got absolutely terrible scores um, and if it if, if Chelsea had scored I think something like 90 seconds earlier I wouldn't have even got the golden goal five points it was that bad uh, so Chris got nine I got eight and uh, my brother Chris got three Um so it wasn't very a good. Um, a very low round. So it doesn't really alter the table at all. But um, so, but hopefully, hopefully, more scores, more higher scores uh, coming into this weekend. So um, I think it's time for you to blow our mind, Chris, with some stats in the wonders of white. So what have you got for us this week? I've dusted off the old statistics books this week. For if you brought reason. out your little black book of stats. I actually have a little brown book, but I don't put stats in them, but I, I might in future. Um, okay, since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was appointed permanent manager of Manchester United on the 28th of March, 
Manchester United have won just 17 points in 16 Premier League games. And that is the fourth worst for that period of the teams in the Premier League at current. So that just puts it to a better perspective of how bad it actually is. Uh, Start. Uh, Yeah, good start. Since the start of last season, Wolves have won more points against the big six teams than any other non-big six side. That's 20 points so far they've accumulated. Uh, Since 2016, Marcus Alonso has been directly involved in 26 goals in 100 games in the Premier League. That's 15 goals, 11 assists, which is the most by any defender in that period. That's the Chelsea stat for this week. Every week there's a st- there's a They're Chelsea always, stat. Always positive stats as well for Chelsea. Okay. Yeah, well, and the last one, one is Steve Bruce has registered his first managerial win over Manchester United after 22 failed attempts. I, I did hear that one. Yeah, I just said it. I, I didn't re- I didn't realize <laughs> I heard that one at the weekend but I didn't realize he'd played against them that many times but he has managed in the yeah. Premier League quite a lot hasn't he Oh yeah he's been yeah. a whole villa yeah he's he's done he's done a lot Birmingham Wigan yeah, yeah. he's been yeah he must have done a lot again. yes fair play for me that was the result even taking Wolves beating Man City for me that was the result of the weekend yeah and I think the Longstaff brothers was is a great, great story. Good story, as well. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but did you also hear the story about the dad? The so dad. He, he, yeah. So he's he plays ice hockey. I'm not sure at what level. Apologies, um, I haven't looked at it, but I heard this at the weekend. He also won Player of the Month in his ice hockey league. So, um, oh. yeah, celebrations all round for them. Um, so thanks, Chris. Great stats oh. as normal. Uh, Pete's teaser. So we need we need to try and crack this one. So in Premier League history, which player has the most assists? So you did say you've got a couple of ideas, Chris. Do you want to throw them out there yeah, as a starting Barry. point? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Oh, I'm sure he holds a record for like games or something, but um, excuse me for discounting him when it comes to assists. So, uh, <laughs> well, I'm thinking so. Like, well, how, I mean, Gerard, Kevin De Bruyne has got loads yeah. of assists. D- did he? Did he play much for Chelsea in the Premier League? Or have not, I put you on the spot because no, you don't know? No, no, not not at all. So we not, discount him. Yeah. So, usual suspects. So, Rooney. I mean, Rooney must have got a, Rooney's a, a hat full. I'd say Rooney, Gerard Lampard, Gerard Lampard David Silva, David Silva. Yeah, but I, uh, I mean, there's, there's players that have played a lot Fab- more Fabregas. games. I know Fabregas. Fabregas when, is a good shout. I remember Fabregas actually hitting hitting a hundred at least. Uh, what about Ozil? Mesut Ozil's got to have a few. He must be up there. What about Scholes? He well, must have played yeah, a load of games. Yeah, he's played. played. Beckham? Beckham's Giggs. Well, Giggs. Giggs must have. Played. Giggs must have. <laughs> he think, must have. Out of, out of... He must have more assists than Gareth Barry's got games. 
he must have a he must have a hat full of assists. Well, he's probably got oh, the oh, most oh. games played in the Premier League that high up the pitch. I'm I'm thinking. I'm going to say, Ger- say Gerard Scholes or Giggs. I'd say or, or Rooney. Fab- Fabregas. Or Fabregas. I'd say Fabregas or. Pretend you don't support Chelsea. Who are you going for? Let's narrow it down. Fabregas, Giggs, Scholes, and one other. But Giggs was in the Premier League for like 15 seasons. Yeah, he, probably, but... he was probably notching like 10, 11 assists a season. So you think it's Giggs? Oh, yeah. Just, just for longevity. Uh, We're going for Giggs. Well, I'm so saying we... on the basis that he probably played, what, 30, 35 games a season for United. And how he rapidly were, he's probably going to be getting at least 10 assists. Right, so let's right, narrow I'll it say, down. Let's I'll, go... I'll, I'll, I'll say gigs then, because you've, you've twisted. Yeah, let's go gigs. I, I would have gone gigs, skulls, or Fabregas. Right, okay, I'm on that. it. Well, I've got the answer in front of right, me. Right, okay, let's just confirm. Gareth Barry played 653 games in the Premier League. He's still playing now, isn't he? Is he still at West Brom? Giggs played uh, 632. I've got the answer in front so, of me. I, I can tell you Gareth Barry is 15th in the all-time assists in the Premier League. He's oh, got so he didn't win it then. Sixty-four. So, so who's number one? Ryan Giggs. Get in. 162. 162 assists. Have you got top three? Yeah, three Fabregas, or four Fabregas was second, 111. So he's actually got 51 more than anyone else. Yeah. Rooney, Rooney was third. He's got 103. Lampard was but fourth, 102. Is Paul Scholes anywhere to be seen? Scholes, Paul's Gerard. It, Scholes is not in the top 20. See, Gerard surprises six. me. A few surprises, maybe. Teddy Sheringham, 10th. Darren Anderson. Oh, Sheringham. Yeah, I didn't think of Sheringham. Anderson's oh, well. 14th. And Stuart Downing is 20th. Ericsson's in there, mate. He's 19th. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, gigs by. I only, only care about... I want Grealish at Spurs now. Grealish and or Madison. <laughs> please. Both. Have both. Um, yeah, we might as well. Uh, yeah, so he was a country mile ahead of Fabregas. So... Okay. 7-2. 7-2 to us. I thought it was 6-2. 6-2. Um, I'm, I'm adding points to make us look better than we are. Um, Pete's away anyway. He, he can't hear us. Well, I expect he will. He'll download it. Um, so I think that pretty much wraps it up for today's episode. I, I just think uh, it's worth saying, Chris, um, from our point of view, that we've um, hit a bit of a milestone this week. Well, two milestones, really. Um so we've just passed 4,000 uh, podcast views on YouTube. Yay. Yay us. Um, which I think, considering we've been going just over a year, is 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 a decent total. Really? So a huge thank yeah. you to, um, to everyone who's listening, supporting. Um, please, if you like what you hear, subscribe. Um, the higher amount of subscribers we can get, um, the better we feel about ourselves, basically. <laughs> um, so, so it's all for us. 
Um, and just on a side note, we we also surpassed a hundred followers on Instagram. Um, so we're nearly there, Chris, beating your Twitter followers. Uh, so that that's a good thing as well. So it's good to see that um, the audience for the podcast is growing. So anyone who's who's listening, who likes what they hear, please follow us on all our social media channels. And if you subscribe on YouTube or Spotify, Chris, I want to say Spotify to subscribe. Yep, Spotify, yeah. Spotify, iTunes, any literally any place where you down where you can download a podcast that would be um, search, yeah that would be appreciated search for, for, name a, and you'll find for a poor unhappy spurs fan please just God, just follow us that that would that would cheer me up I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull on the heartstrings that would uh, that would really that would cheer me up um we're not here next week because of the international break i've got um, a call up I've, I've been called up so you know can't yeah make it chris has week. chris has got to go and play for um uh, San Marino uh, running on with the water bottles at half time. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we won't be here next week, but uh, we'll back the following week. So, we'll have um, as much content as we can get on Southport. Um, fingers crossed that they, they get through against Ultram. So, we'll be doing some stuff on that and then obviously on, on the return of the Premier League. So, thanks for listening. Uh, Chris, do you want to say anything? No, no, yeah. Well, just thanks to everyone uh, again, like Rich said, for. for you know, downloading the podcast, subscribing, you know, listening to it, however you listen to it. Um, but yeah, no, that's, thank you very much. Okay. Speak see to you soon. Yeah. See you in two weeks. <laughs>